turn this direction and focus, focus, focus. And uh, Matt's a great friend of mine, a great teacher of the Word, so welcome Matt Smith with us this morning. Did I make it on? Okay, good. Good morning. It is a thrill for me to be with you guys, you all, y'all, however you prefer to communicate that. Um, I, I really do look forward every time I get to see you guys, you all, y'all, uh, partly because I really love Dave. Uh, he's just been a great brother to me, um, and Tim, both of those guys are awesome, uh, and I really love y'all, um, getting to watch you over the last few years has been really a blessing to me. So I enjoy it every time I get to come back and hang out. Uh, Today we'll be in Galatians. Uh, So if you have your Bibles, it'd be awesome if you could turn there. Galatians chapter 2. How many of you at this point of your semester kind of feel a little overwhelmed? When you have a moment and you sit back and you reflect on the last few days, maybe the last week, the last few weeks, even the last month or semester, if you were to just sit and reflect on that, what words would come to your mind as you think of your life, as you think of how you've spent your life, as you think of how your life is being defined. The reason why I ask you that is because this has been something that has been rolling through my mind quite often. Partly because I'm much busier right now than I've been in a long time, which I didn't think was possible because, like I've told you before, we have three little kids, and um, little kids keep you busy and tired. But this semester's been really busy, and so I look at that, and I, th- I think, what have I used all my time doing? If I were to just look and see how I am allowing my life to be defined, or I am actively defining my life, or as I look at how I'm spending my life, how do I define it? Does it matter? Does it really make sense? And if it makes sense, is that okay? <laughs> is it supposed to make sense? And what I've really been wrestling with is I've had a lot of thoughts. But when it comes to actually living this life, too often those thoughts just stay there. Are you tracking with me? Like I've had these thoughts of passion, these thoughts of, um, these thoughts of actually spending my life for everything but me. I've had these thoughts of, of being bold and yet driving by my neighbors and just waving. I've had these thoughts of just saying, it is not me, it is all you. And then my girls come to wake me up and I say, it's still too early. <laughs> I wonder about you if you were to look back and just reflect on your life, just over the last week? What would be the things that come to your mind as saying, this was well spent, or this was wasted? Or this is a thought that has just remained a thought 
See, the struggle with us being in a busy world where we allow so many things, where we choose so many things to set our eyes on, is that this just becomes one of those things. And so the thoughts that God plants in our minds stay as mere thoughts and don't work themselves out in our lives. And the result is that we're exhausted, we're passionless, and we're wondering, is this all there is? I pray over my girls every night. Um, The thing that I pray every night is that, God, will you reveal yourself to them in their dreams? And I started doing this because I was reading through the Bible and seeing God reveals himself through dreams sometimes. It doesn't really happen in our culture. It doesn't really happen in our context. And I don't understand why. So let's just, we're going to pray for that. I've never had that experience in my life. Um, But it sounds like something that would be fun to pray. (laughs) And then in August, this is going to, I'm not crazy, right? But in August, I, had a, I really had a dream that God revealed something to me, and who wants to guess what my response was? It was, I am not telling my wife, <laughs> and I'm just going to ignore this. I'm, I'm actually a little bit wrecked right now on the insects. I was just over in the other, other service listening to what God was speaking through Chase, and my dream actually had a lot to do with what Chase was talking about, so it's really raw for me, so it's difficult to communicate all this, but um, this, since August, I've been processing through this, and I finally, I told a friend of mine, it's like, I had this dream, I'm not telling Danny. And he went over within like five seconds and said, hey, Matt needs to tell you a dream. My initial response was, I am not telling you anything ever again. And then I thank God for him because God used him to break through where I was saying, no, I want my girls to see you in their dreams, but me, we're okay. So I said we're going to be in Galatians. I guess we should get there because this is where I'm going. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What's your life? Is it just getting up and doing school? Is it just getting up and doing whatever you think you're good at? Is it getting up and coming to church and thinking, this is great, this is, this is great, but this isn't it? What is your life? If you were just to think about what the last week has said about your life, what is your life? You see, in Philippians, Paul goes through this list of what he has done. He says, if you look at the law, I'm blameless. I got this. If you look at a righteous person, that's it. It's me. If you look at somebody who's passionate, who's zealous, it's me. But then I saw Christ and all of that. It's worthless, it's rubbish, it's filth. It's only worth mentioning so that you can see how much greater God is. But it's no longer who I am. Because Paul, the one who wrote that in Philippians, also wrote this in Galatians. (laughs) I have been crucified with Christ. Life I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God. 
So as I think about even just this last week, how much of it was really lived by faith? What about for you guys? How much of it was really lived by faith? I hope, I really hope that you don't hear guilt in this, but an honest question. Because you're created for more than this existence. You're created for more than just going through hoping that tomorrow's better. You're created for more than just hoping that you can get an A on the next test. You're created for more than just hoping that you can be a successful person. You're created for more than just a family. You're created for more than just coming to church and thinking this is good. You were created for more than what you're doing right now, and you were created to live by faith. You were created for more. You were created so that in the core of your being, you have the living God living in you, so that in the soul of who you are, your unique self, your personality, your mind, your will, your emotions, you were created to experience his life, the one who lives in you, if you're a believer. And your body was actually created to be an expression, to allow him to express his life through you in this world. That happens as you live by faith. As you live by faith, the experienced reality for you, the things that you feel and think and the things that you want to do begin to change because you're living by faith and the one who is faithful, who is living, who is perfect and righteous and pure and holy and he is that in you and he is moving that out through you so that the world will see what life really is. So is it the same for you that you have been crucified with Christ, the life that you now live in the flesh, you live by faith? Or have you been crucified with Christ in the life you now live, you live by reason? Is it that you have been crucified with Christ so that life you now live is just a better looking version of the old? You see, the life you now live, you're created to live by faith. That's where life is found because life is found only in Christ. Paul in Philippians, right before he says all this stuff about who he used to be and how he counts it as rubbish, he says, for me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. There is nothing you can do. There is no, if I live, it's great. It's all Jesus. If I die, it's great. It's great. It's Jesus. It is always him. And so in this process that he is walking through in this earth, he is walking through seeing that from the very beginning to the very end and every step in between, every thought, every breath, every action is Christ. Let's go back to him. Right? Do you guys see all this? And then I just reflect a little bit. I think all too often I realize I have been crucified with Christ, I've been risen with Christ, but yet I live by the flesh. I seek comfort. I seek physical rest. When he, my beautiful Savior, has said, I'll give you rest for your soul, that supersedes physical rest, it actually gives you energy for your body. Because you're finding rest in the core. You're finding rest in your soul. You're actually finding life. Just wonder about this. What it would really look like for you and I just to be so convinced of the reality of the gospel. The reality of Christ himself living in those who believe in him. This unity that we have with him. This union that we have been entered into as his bride. Just thinking about the passage you were reading earlier during the musical worship part. So we have been seated with him in the heavenly places right now. I've, I've told you that before. So 
but it just hits me every time. If that was where I started. <laughs> Can you imagine if that was where we started as a group here? If we started saying we have been seated with Christ in the heavenly places, made one with him, so in the core of our being we're whole. We've been redeemed. We've been adopted. We've been brought into his family. And so now we get to live as his, as he lives in us and lives through us. Man, this is life. You see, you've been offered this life that is unattainable anywhere else, that is not allowed anywhere else. Do you see that this life is only found in Christ? And so we are co-crucified with him, co-resurrected with him, so that we become co-heirs with him. (laughs) And so now we get to share his life. This full and overflowing life, this life in the midst of the storm is at peace and rest. This life that when you're physically tired, you can still be incredibly active because it's not your energy that you're, coming, you're, you're going to as your source. It's not your strength that you're leaning on. It is the strength of the Savior who conquered death and rose again and is now living in those who believe in him, who is seated at the right hand of the Father and who has made you seated in him there too, fully blessed. And so while we're here, physically walking around here. We get to experience that present reality that someday in the future we will fully comprehend. But right now we get to experience it. Moment by moment, breath by breath, thought by thought, this renewal, this transforming of our lives as he renews our mind to the truth that we have been made new. We're no longer who we used to be. We are now a new creation in the core of our being. We aren't the old. And I know these truths. I know these biblical truths. And too often they just become principles to me. Too often they just become, I know this, but I'm going to live something different. And he says, I want this true knowledge in you. I want this, this not just this true knowledge. I want this, this it's not just a knowing, an intellectual knowing. It's this intimate knowing. It's this in the most innermost recesses of your being, the the deepest core of who you are, to know this, and then for that to permeate through into your emotions and your mind and your will, that you actually begin to choose differently because the one that you have set your affections on, the one that you have set all of your mind on because he is renewing you to the truth. You see what's going on here? He is going to transform your life. And your life may not make sense, and that's okay. Because we've been crucified with Christ. The life that we now live, we live by faith. You ever wonder about that? How much of your life you live by faith? You ever wondered why? See, I think, I think as these passages fit together, it just really seems to me that most of the time when I'm not living by faith, it's because I'm still holding on to something else. And TBC, you guys have been talking a lot about the core values And the first one is surrender to Christ, right? (laughs) Can you hold on to something else if you're surrendered to Christ? Feel free to answer that verbally. Um, No. This doesn't make sense, right? You can't, I surrender all, but I'm going to do my thing. I surrender all, but I'm going to hold on to that hurt that I have because I don't think you can help. 
I surrender all, but I'm not going to let go of this because if I were to let go of this, people would really see me and I can't let that happen. It doesn't make sense unless you say, I surrender all. Jesus, you are it. I have been crucified with you. And I've been raised up to a new life to walk by faith and the one who has risen. And the one who says, in the core of your being, I make you new. You see, you're no longer lacking. You're no longer hurting. In the core of your being, you've been made new. You're no longer dead, longing for life. You've been given his life. And the nature of his life is to flow into your soul to you, for you to experience this wholeness. To replace the lies that you believe about what this life is about, about what you're supposed to do in this life and who God is. To replace all of that with truth so that you begin to live a life that reflects this knowledge, that reflects this belief system. Because that's what we do, right? We live according to what we really believe. That's why he says... Your life is transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because you have to be convinced that something else is true for your life to look different. And Paul is writing, I used to believe that I could work my way to heaven. Not only that, I used to believe that I could earn righteousness. I used to believe that I was so zealous that I was protecting the church, protecting the faith by um, persecuting Christians. I've been convinced that there is something else. That there's a different way. I've been convinced that I was believing lies. And by the power of the Spirit, Christ has been revealing the truth. And so all the things that I used to count as gain, that I used to hang on my wall as prideful, this is who I am. He said, that is now who I was. It's no longer who I am. I don't hold on to that anymore. All that I hold on to is Christ from the beginning to the end and every step in between. It is always him. So how does that look for you and me? What would it look like for you and I just to really be all his and to see that he is all ours? To walk by faith. Would you still go to school? Yeah. Do you still play a sport if you play? Probably. But could it mean that you didn't? It could. Would it mean that you stay in your family? Well, yeah. You're not really old enough to go out on your own, people. But what it looks like in that context is that we say in every moment, we start with you, we have been crucified with you, but that's not where it ended. That's really just the beginning. The cross is just the beginning. We've been raised up with him so that in every moment we have life. You see? It's not just for a future glory, which will take place, which would be, will be amazing, but it's also for a present glory in Him. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. We are walking by faith. We're saying that in you, I'm starting. And so as I wake up this morning, I'm not thinking about what I'm going to do later. I'm thinking of you and allowing you to show me what's going to happen when it needs to happen. You see? I'm starting by faith. I am waking up. Jesus, you have created the morning and you have made me. And so I can 
wake up because I don't depend on my physical strength. I depend on you. Will you open my eyes and share your love to the people around me? I've got nothing but you. I don't have the energy to make it today, but I have you. The one who conquered death, I think I have some energy now. Right? I have you that opened the eyes of the blind. Will you just open mine so I can wake up? I've got you, the one who set the cripple, they were able to walk. I, I, will you just move my legs so that I can run and, and run as you moving through me in this practice? So that when people see what's going on here, they're not seeing me, they're actually seeing you expressing yourself through me. So that when we have an opportunity to talk, I get to share. Because it's your voice, it's your words using my voice just moving through me here. So all of a sudden, the things you're doing actually have value and purpose and meaning, not just in passing a class and getting to the next thing, but actually in this moment for God to redeem the lost, for God to show the world his life and his love for, to you. To live as Christ, to die as gain. For to us, we have been crucified with him, so the life we now live, we live by faith. So that in everything you're doing, whether you're sending a text message, whether you're watching a TV show, and whatever you're doing, where is your mind set? What are you setting your affections on? Where are you drawing from your source of strength? Is it from yourself because you will end exhausted, or is it from Christ, the well that never runs dry, the overflowing river of life who has united himself with all those who believe and has said, my desire is that my life will be shown through you to this world. And before I show it through you to this world, I want you to taste it. I want you to feast on this. I want you to experience the fullness of my life in you so that through you, people are seeing me. So if you're just to think about your last, even last week, an honest assessment. Is it a life lived by faith? Or is it a life that just makes sense? Is it a life lived by faith, or is it just one of hoping that tomorrow is better? Is it one of just hoping to get by? Is it a life lived by faith, or is it one where you just feel like you're drowning? Because even as the world crashes in, our eyes are fixed on our Savior, our life, who has seated us in the heavenly places, so as the world is crashing in, we've already risen above it. And we're actually able to see what's going on. So we're no longer starting with our eyes, but his eyes. No longer starting with our mind, but his mind. In fact, in 1 Corinthians, it says that we have been given the mind of Christ. You've been blessed with wisdom. (laughs) And what Paul writes all this stuff is so that we know what we have. And he says, if you're not experiencing this, it's not that you haven't been given it, it's that there's a problem here. You don't believe it. <laughs> you're operating in the flesh just as, you were, just as if you were still who you used to be, but you've been made new, and this is what comes with the newness. His life, his fullness living in you, the one who has conquered death, risen again, who has made you rise again. He's also given you his mind so that you can think his thoughts, so that you can actually do his will because it's his life in you. He's your source moving through you so that the emotional hurts that you have don't have to control you. You don't have to live by fear because you have been 
made one with the conquering one. And now you are more than conquerors in him. We don't have to fear death, right? (laughs) We've already been crucified. So the life we now live, we live by faith. It is a faith life that actually looks physical. It actually works itself out in this physical world so that people can see. Because here's the thing, is if you're not living by faith, you know there's something missing. And what the world needs to see is Christ, because that's what's missing. They don't need to see your athletic ability, your mental, uh, your intellectual ability. They don't need to see your good looks or your popularity. They don't need to see your hopes and dreams. What they need to see is Christ in you. That's the hope of glory. And so I ask you the question I've been asking me is what does your life look like? Is it one who recognizes and appropriates, which means puts this in the right place, that you have been crucified and you have been risen with him so that the life we now live isn't what we used to live, but it is in the, the power and the strength. It finds its source in Christ. And it flows there in every step and every breath and every thought and every word and every deed. Does your life begin and end with Christ? Is it Christ in every moment? I have not attained that. I have not arrived there. I've had moments of tasting it. To know that it's a good feast. And in this life, what God continues to do is to break into those areas where I think I would rather just eat junk food than feast off the bread of life. And in those areas, through brokenness, through difficulty, through struggle and pain, he says, do you see junk food does nothing good for you? (laughs) It's just a momentary taste that is a pale comparison to this bread of life that nourishes you that when you come to me you don't hunger anymore when you come to me you don't thirst anymore (laughs) because in Christ is the completion so maybe as you look back on your last week you see areas that you have just clung to hoping that it would give you some security hoping that it would quiet the fear in you hoping that it would give you a better idea of who you really are, whether it's in a relationship or an activity, or even just when you're alone. And I hope what you hear this morning is that the life Christ offers us isn't just for the future, but it is for right now. You see that we can actually rightly rightly put this into perspective, rightly apply this to our lives, that we have been crucified. So who we used to be, we are no longer. In the core of our being, we've been made new. We have been made partakers of the divine nature so that in the core of us, we are whole. We have been made complete because he's our life. He's our source. We've been seated with him in the heavenly places. And now we get to live this life as him living through us, sharing in his life in this world. I hope you hear that. That the life we now live, we were created to live by faith. 
and the one who has overcome it all. So that in every moment we see that we're more than conquerors. It's not a prideful thing because we've got nothing. Right? We're holding on to nothing. We're surrendering it all to Christ. And out of that place, out of that posture of complete surrender, there has to be dependence because we don't take it back. We stay surrendered. And out of that place, then we now live His life in us, through us, as us in this world. And that's what the world needs. That's what life really is. So will you just pray with me? Father, I pray that by your Spirit you massage this into our minds that we actually believe it. That who we used to be is dead and gone if we are believers in you. That we have been made one with you, united with you in our innermost being. That this life we now live, we live by faith. I pray that we will experience that increasingly more each moment, that even just today, and not even looking ahead to this next week, but God, just today, will you, sh- will you let us taste the life of faith? That as we choose where to go eat or what to eat, as we choose who to go eat with or what we're doing this afternoon, may it be out of a place of faith, starting with you, ending with you, and in every step in between, realizing that you're our life, we've got nothing else. Thank you that you're so good, that you are so trustworthy, that we can trust you with our insecurities, with our questions, with our doubts. We can trust you with our deepest longings. We can trust you with any uncertainty. We can trust you because you're trustworthy, you're good, and you love us. So I pray we will walk out of here knowing that who we are as we are united in you, as we are loved, we are safe and secure. We are yours. Father, I pray that you move in us. That in those who don't believe, you show them that you are the life and that they see they are dead apart from you, separated by their sins, and they come to you for forgiveness and life. Because they need to be made new. And I pray for those of us who have been made new already, that we'll see your life and choose to live by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's thank Matt for coming today. Thanks a lot, Matt. And you can also thank him for finishing at like 10 till 12, because that never happens in this room, does it? <clears throat> um, which is why I'm going to keep you longer, so just sit still for a minute. Just hear me out on this. Uh, we're, we're going to dismiss. Um, see, if I let you guys go early, you'll probably go set something on fire. So uh, I don't want that to happen. So I want to make sure that um, I hold you accountable to that. Um, but actually, uh, this past uh, Thursday and Friday, I mentioned that I went to a conference, and actually Matt was there as well. It was funny because I said, hey, man, um, can you speak for me? Because I'm going to be at a conference on Thursday and Friday. He's like, yeah, I can speak for you, but I'm going to the same conference too. I'm like, well, now I feel like a total jerk, so, um, but thanks for speaking for me anyway. Uh, so he was at the same conference that I was at, and 
Um, and one of the, the speakers, actually, if, if I could summarize it, a lot of the, what the speakers had to talk about was just this idea of living on mission, letting the gospel transform you to the point where you want to live on mission. And you don't, you don't see your faith as just a dead end. You see it as a vessel to uh, share Christ with others, bless others, put your faith into action. And if you've been around TBC for some time, you know that's a big theme of what we talk about is living on mission. And Matt just spoke to us about what it means to live by faith. And one of, one of the things that jumped out to me during a few of the messages, uh, the guy that we have shown on the screen here before, Francis Chan, he spoke a couple of times. And I've seen him speak twice in the last month at different places and live. And um, both times he has just shared these amazing stories of God just doing crazy things. I mean, he, he uh, just left his job at the church he worked at and just kind of went off in faith to do homeless ministry and helping the poor in downtown San Francisco. If you know anything about the cities in the U.S., San Francisco is probably one of the most, the least church city in the nation, and he's trying to impact that culture in San Francisco. And just going block by block and just praying over buildings and just asking people, knocking, hey, how can we meet your needs? How can we, what can we give you that you need? What can we, um, how can we help you? Kind of like what you guys are doing with, with uh, Sunday morning here with bringing your food to these needy families. And our hope is to put a face to the service that you're providing for them. It's not just some, we're not just serving an institution. We're actually going and serving families and trying to meet specific needs. That's what Francis Chan is doing in San Francisco. And as he began sharing these stories of God just at work uh, in, the, in their ministry there, it kind of got me thinking about, um, I know that up here on the stage I'll tell stories sometimes of ways that God has provided, ways that God has worked in my own life and in people that I know. But I started thinking that most of the stories that I tell up here I think happened to me a long time ago. And it got me thinking that, okay, what are the, what are the recent stories of God at work? What are the recent stories of us living by faith? What are the recent stories of God doing some really cool things? And it, I felt really convicted this past weekend that I'm not sure that I am doing things that cause me to have, or that I need to have faith for, right? I'm not sure that I am doing things, living my life in such a way that I need to have faith for some of the decisions that I'm making. Because I think when you get to be my age at 34 years old, you start to have, you have little kids. You just start to live kind of just, you know, pragmatic, just what's, what you can accomplish, what you think you can accomplish. And you stop to, I think, live by faith, as Matt's talking to us about. I mean, so on some level, you know, I moved a, across the country, in a sense, by faith to come here, and, and God worked that out. But it's like, what I feel convicted about as your pastor is that I wonder what, those recent stories could have been that haven't happened because I haven't had the kind of faith that God wants me to have. And so as you sit here, as Matt challenges us to have faith, to live by faith, I wonder for you, what, what are some things that God wants you to do and God wants you to have faith and step out in faith? Because most of us make decisions just based on our comfort and what we want. And as Chase spoke about in the main service this morning, we don't even really ask God oftentimes, what he wants us to do, because we're afraid of the answer, are we not? We're afraid of the answer. What if he does ask you to do something crazy? What if he does? And so I appreciate Matt talking to us about what it means to live by faith, and just want to let that kind of simmer with you, and, and hope that um, 
that you really do want to live by faith and and let God do some crazy things in your life, things that that you know it's going to require faith for him to accomplish. So I appreciate Matt speaking to you guys this morning. Um, what I'm going to do now is you guys are dismissed, but it is uh, 12 o'clock, only 12 o'clock. So what I want you guys to do is just, if you can just kind of clean up your tables and stuff for us, and, um, and we will see you back here on uh, Wednesday evening. So we'll see you then. Thanks again for all the food you guys helped out with this morning. We appreciate it. And please don't set anything on fire this morning.